It is time for another edition of Flames Unfiltered, a special version of Flames Unfiltered. As today, we have an interview, and a very interesting interview with professional goaltender Matt Vernon. Yes, Matt Vernon, the son of Calgary Flames Stanley Cup winning goaltender, Hockey Hall of Famer Mike Vernon. Now, Matt's a goalie himself. He grew up in his father's footsteps, playing the same position, something you don't see all that often. Matt's been, had a great career. He's in the East Coast Hockey League right now, play a little bit in the, uh, in, in training camp with the, with the Calgary Wranglers. And he won a, a Robertson Cup in the North American Hockey League with the Aberdeen Wings. Great interview with him. Kyle and I really enjoyed our talk with him. Here it is. We'd like to welcome to the show, Matt Vernon. He is currently a goaltender for the Jacksonville Iceman of the East Coast Hockey League, son of former Flames great and Hockey Hall of Famer, Mike Vernon. Welcome to the show, Matt. We appreciate you joining Kyle and I here for um, a little bit of more Flames hockey talk. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So you're currently playing in the East Coast Hockey League um, and followed in your father's footsteps of, of being a goaltender. Uh what was it like? Talk a little bit about growing up and when you decided, you know, hey, I, I think I think being a goalie like my dad is uh, is something I want to do. You know, I never really wanted to. It was kind of interesting. Like re- back in in squirts or whatever, everybody kind of rotated, but nobody on my team at that age wanted to be the goaltender, myself included. And you know, my friends kind of were like, "Ah, your dad played. Like you should play." So I kind of got stuck with it a lot more than most other kids. And um, I was horrible. I sucked. I, you know, like I talked to my dad about how he was as a kid, and he kind of picked it up naturally. Always was pretty good at the game. Um, but for me, it was the exact opposite, and I struggled always. You know, when I was young, and. I don't know, like at one point I kind of learned to just stick with it. And so kind of here I am. Uh, I was never good really and playing at a very high level of hockey until I was probably 18, 19. I made my way through minor hockey in Calgary and was never the best goalie in Calgary at not even close, you know, like not even the best in my association and kind of just stuck with it. But, um, Junior hockey is where things really turned around for me. I took it really seriously, and, you know, I played for a couple of teams. I started off in the SJHL in Saskatchewan for the Yorkton Terriers. Um, that's really where I kind of started to get my game going, and I was able to go down to the Knoll in, in uh, Aberdeen, South Dakota, uh, where I was able to get, you know, that's where I really flourished in my junior career, kind of. As of right now, I think that's kind of the best I've ever played anywhere. We were able to win a championship my last year there before I went to uh, CC, Colorado College. Um, I can definitely vote for your play in Aberdeen. Uh, yeah. You, that, that, team was, that team was very, very good, but uh, they were also yeah. very good because of your goaltending. And yeah. I got to watch a lot of that firsthand because uh, I, I actually live in Minot, so that was one of your bigger rivals. So yeah. Um, that's actually where I was like, I think, I think that's that's Mike Vernon's kid, and I I watched you through your through your your days of um, going back and forth with that rivalry and uh, a, a lot of really really good games. What brought you to get to Aberdeen, though? I mean, I guess for our listeners in in Canada, the North American Hockey League is is similar. I guess 
would you agree, Matt, that I, I consider it kind of like the, uh, the BCHL, like where a lot of guys are yeah. – the goal of the league is to get a Division One college hockey scholarship in the U.S.? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, it always changes by year which league's better, um, but the null – um, we'll end up with more commits partially because it's easier for scouts to get there. And that's kind of why I wanted to get to that league. You know, I wanted to try and go for the USHL, um, which didn't work out, but I ended up in the null because my goal was to go college at that time. You know, I was 18, 19. I, my shot at going to the dub was gone. You know, I was never really good enough for that to be much of an option. And my dad was always pressing that I use hockey to get an education, uh, something that he, didn't really do um so that's kind of what brought me there it seemed like the best fit for sure you know especially as a late bloomer that's why i wanted to go and things just worked out you know you're on a good hockey team and in yeah. and you were you know you're a smaller goalie too so you have to go through the challenges of uh you know in a, in a world where most of the goalies are six two six four now yeah. um you're you're 5'11", I believe, but I remember um, watching you a lot in person and being like, you know, he's a, he's a small goalie that is just a battler. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of always been my thing. If you're small, you got to be athletic. Like you got to be a lot faster than everybody else. You, you know, like in today's game, like I don't have to play that much more aggressive really compared to some of the bigger guys, but you know, that extra six inches, if you're out one way, like if you got to go cross crease, that's an extra foot. You know, if you're trying to get to the same spot, be the same size in the net as a bigger guy. So, you know, just being good with edge work and fast, that's kind of the name of the game um, for the smaller guys. But, you know, it's doable. Like UC Soros is in the NHL. He's 5'10", 5'11", too. Uh, like yep. you're starting to see a few more guys right now that are making it that are right around that six-foot range, like the lower end of being tall. So, I think it's, you know, it's definitely doable and possible. Um, so just like continuing to work on being fast and, and staying in proper position, like it's nothing too crazy to say that you can't make it to the NHL at 510 anymore. I think it's changed a lot the last few years, especially too. I mean, you know, looking at guys like Dustin Wolf, you know, late mm -hmm. draft pick, just, you know, that whole thing about lateral movement There's also, you know, in some cases, a lot of the larger goaltenders, they, break down have injury problems because they have these big rangy frames right but i mean the last few years there was a drafting and development that we're seeing a lot of guys that are you know we, we say smaller goaltenders obviously very relative when you get guys that are six four six five and, and so forth yeah 100 percent. wolf is a great example of that and i mean like teams were continuously only getting going after those like six three six four plus guys and now you're seeing on the draft boards a lot of guys that are right around that six foot to six three range underneath that, so it's good. Love, yeah. A guy like me loves to see it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Talk to, talk to us a little bit about your time in Colorado College, uh, a premier NCHC uh, Division One college hockey team in, in the U.S. and uh, uh, quite an accomplishment to, to to play for them. Yeah, I I loved it there. It's such a great spot, great town. Like we got a new rink while I was there. That was incredible. Um, you know. It was uh, it was pretty up and down for me, though. I felt like I never really was able to get into a groove, and I think part of that's on the college schedule. Like, I feel so much more comfortable now that we're playing more. Uh, but playing, you know, two games every week 
at the most, you know, and then you could go like two or three weeks on and then you get a weekend off and then two or three on. And, you know, if you're not coming in as the guy and playing every game, it's pretty tough to get into a rhythm, which once we had a changeover in coaching staff, that's kind of where I ended up. Uh, COVID, the COVID year was really tough for me because we'd, you know, we'd go three or four weeks, totally fine. And then all of a sudden we'd be shut down for 10 days and then three or four weeks again, and then shut down for 10 days of nothing. So not even practice either. So I just like, I, I, I need to be seeing the ice a lot, uh, whether it's game or practice and that took its toll and, you know, but that's, that's kind of the way things go. So battled through it the last couple of years, found my groove a bit, but always was with uh, some pretty, pretty high end competition, you know, Embarico there just got goalie of the month. He's mm-hmm. an absolute stud. So, you know, him and I were just trying to learn from each other when we were there and I was getting in games every now and then when I could and played well. So it's really all you can ask for is when you're in, you play well. So. So earlier this year you went um, to the Calgary regulars training camp, correct? Yep. How was that experience? It was awesome. I mean, they just, they really pretty much just needed an extra guy. Um, but, you know, like that's, you know, that's an opportunity to not only get better, like personally, like I, it's opportunity to get to know those coaches, you know, get back into the team rhythm of it. You know, at that point as an East coast guy, like you're a month of skating with one goalie and four or five guys. So like, you know, there's a lot, there's not, no negative side to that for me. Like everything was positive about it. So, you know, even if, even if they aren't looking to bring me onto a roster right away, like, cause they had, you know, they have six guys on contract, which is plenty, but you know, you never know what happens in the future too, like with injuries and stuff, or, you know, they decide not to bring one of those guys back and they're looking for something else. Like it's just an opportunity to get my name out there more and enjoy playing in the city I love. So, it was it was yeah. really fun. Oh, that's How cool. It, it's sorry, Brad. It's it's kind of a good point though too, in terms of you talked, you know, in your experience with being kind of a late bloomer as a goaltender. But I mean, you're seeing that across hockey in general at every position, right? Mm-hmm. Like they used to be guys that get drafted, you know, so young as, as obviously they still are. But you know, those opportunities are are always there. And I mean, a camp like that, I'm sure, just the the people you met and the experience you had, like you mentioned, just being a part of that, I'm sure, was fantastic. Yeah, they they you could tell they have a pretty good group, pretty tight knit group there. So it was good, yeah. It was it was good to be a part of that, you know, if only for a week, you know, and somebody who's you know, the coaching staff basically brought on just to be a shooter tutor. Still fun though. Oh, it's definitely yeah, it's definitely a, a fun experience. And I'm I'm sure it was special to go back home and uh mm-hmm. cause I believe your 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 family lives in, in Calgary, correct? Yeah, that's correct. So that that's nice to get back and uh and and be able to play there for a little while and, and get that experience. And then you went from from there to the East Coast Hockey League, and you're in uh, Jacksonville, Florida right now. So that's quite a ways away from Calgary. But yeah. uh, talk to us a little bit about the the East Coast Hockey League and, and your progression so far this year. You know, it's this league is it's very it's pr- fairly similar to college still, but I'd say it's it's just more offensive. You know. There's a few. There's always going to be a few players. There's guys on NHL contracts in this league. Yeah. You know, it like pretty much all teams. Like we have six or seven guys on A contracts. We just played Orlando. They have like ten or eleven guys on NHL or AHL contracts. Like there's always going to be 
good players here and it's actually it's such a good league now like i was scared about how you know how many fights there were going to be and how gritty it was but it, the league's already changed you know so much in the last 10 years that you know this is it's becoming a really good spot you know like you know if the the tough thing is money's not great in this league but like if you can find a way to get a good contract but be playing in this league it's it's quite easy to be happy here especially living in jacksonville florida like i came, <laughs> I came from the golf course here we, we had an off day you know we were about to play three more games in three days so coach gave us an off day today boys hit the course nice that's that's definitely a bonus of, of playing in a oh, yeah. in a state like florida uh as far as like what's what's like the crowds like in the echl are, are you guys are the other crowds really good and everything our teams i think our teams our team should be leading the league uh if not we're top three we get around eight thousand a game we've had fourteen thousand at a game before this like multiple times this year that's incredible that's crowds big are pretty elite you know like orlando probably just had seven or eight thousand when we went there crowds are solid yeah, that's fantastic. Big in Florida, man. I like it's it's been surprising me how good crowds are. Like every single Florida team gets good crowds. So really? did, did your dad have any advice about you know you playing in Florida? I mean, where he was a Panther for a little while. No, not really. Honestly, we didn't really talk too much about it. Because it'd be a lot yeah. different for you than when he played there too. Like you know, it's oh, yeah. I'm I'm thinking this as you're talking about like here here in Moncton, where actually your dad had, had played some minor league in the '80s. Um, We've graduated a lot of NHL players to the Moncton Wildcats, like Brad Marchand, Ivan Barbershev, yeah. and so on. But the crowds there, and they're typically a very good junior team. I mean, a good night is five, six thousand. Yeah, you know, it's not sure. it's not a tiny city either. So those numbers are really impressive. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it's it's actually been unbelievable. Like so surprising, but and it's not just big crowds too. Like you can tell they get into it. Like they really get into it. Um, and it was surprising, but it's been awesome. You know, the only advice my dad's given me is take my rest to try to golf as much as I can. So, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. That's, that's pretty much it. And then we talk, we talk after games, usually just be like, yeah, you want that one back? What did you see there? Blah, blah, blah. Like, how are you doing mentally? Like things going, do you feel good? That's about it. Has, has he been pretty active in, in your career as you grew up and went through like the yeah. and stuff? He has, but only cause I asked him to, like, I remember when I was a kid, I, gave him shit for not being harder on me like i see i've seen so many dads like kind of you know letting their kid know what to do and what's going on and like kind of giving him shit every now and then and he never was like that until i asked him to and i'm glad like i had to get that you know i had to get the will and the like i wanted i had to want it enough myself before he was going to do that whereas a lot of these kids had it pushed on them and then you know, because of that, they just kind of shy away from hockey once it started getting really tough. But for me, I kind of just enjoyed enjoyed it and enjoyed the adversity. So I'm uh, really thankful for that. Um, but, yeah, like, it's interesting. He used to try and tell me, like, I can two-pad stack, come six feet out of my crease and stuff. And, or, you know, he, he was doing that up until juniors, too. Like, even in juniors, he would kind of say that. I'm like – and he finally kind of gets it. And I honestly, I think now he really understands the game of goaltending as it is these days. I think he's gotten a lot better with that over the last few years. And, but mentally it's always, it hasn't changed. Yeah. 
I mean, the style is so different from when he played to, to the way you play now. It's just, it's absolutely night and day. And uh, I'm sure that that is a bit of a challenge for him to be like, you know, yeah. you know, he remembers how, how he had to you know handle those difficult situations. Yeah, no, it's, it, he's gotten a lot better. He really understands the game now. We, I, th- I think he would, he should get into coaching or something along those lines. Like I, he's, he knows the game so well and it's such, he has such a great hockey mind, you know, I, me and my family would, wouldn't mind that at all. Even if he was just kind of in some sort of scouting role, sure. maybe like something like that, pick up, you know, like a role like a Ginla did with Conroy, just a, an advisor kind of thing. He'd be yeah. so good with it. Do you remember when you were growing up? Do you remember at all? Or were you too young when your dad was? No, there? he retired. I think I was four when he retired, but I don't sure. really, I don't really remember any of it. Sure. Do you remember how old you were when you kind of started to, to realize or become aware of, of just how uh, well-known, how good of a goaltender he was? Honestly, like, it rarely ever hits me. Like, even to this day still, like, like the Hall of Fame was pretty eye-opening, you know, seeing the way that a lot of people talked about him and stuff and meeting a bunch of the old players that he was with. Um, but like, no, we never, he, he rarely ever talks about that. And he's really humble about, about the hockey side of it and his accomplishments. Yeah. So it's really something that never, honestly, like it never really hits us. He's like, like even to my friends too, it's always like, he's always just been Mikey. Yeah. Well, and it's funny you say that because, I mean, I, I think anybody would say the best way for a guy to find their way in hockey is to kind of do it themselves. So it's interesting that, you know, the advice came, you know, later when you proved that you wanted to do it, right? Yeah. Um, and I've met your dad a couple times. He's a super nice guy and, you know, always takes time for fans and just to shoot the shit. And, uh, yeah, it's really it's really cool to hear you say that. I, I want to ask you, too, actually, because if I'm – were you born in San Jose? Because that's where he was playing yeah. at the time. Okay. Yeah. And you were basically raised in Calgary because he, he retired, I think, four years yeah. after that. Yeah, so technically I have lived it. Like this is pretty much my first time in Florida, but I have technically lived in Florida. Yeah, for like the year when he was with the Panthers. So, oh, that's cool. Very yeah, cool. Kind of interesting. So the, the reason this whole thing got started with me talking to you is number one, I had the, um, I knew who you were just through watching you play in Aberdeen, and then we on one of our previous podcasts we were talking about. It was, it was, we were talking about the Hall of Fame and your, your dad's induction into the Hall of Fame. And we were discussing jersey numbers because Kyle's a, um, he's a jersey freak. He's a game worn collector of jersey and he knows he's a numbers guy. So I give him a hard time about it all the time. But <laughs> yep. we, were, we were wondering why, when your dad came back to Calgary, he was number 29. And I said, I would figure it out somehow. Uh, and, and I reached out to you and you gave me the answer. But can you tell that story a little bit? Yeah. Who is his? Who was his goalie partner at the time again? Do you guys remember? In Calgary? Uh, yeah, when he came back. He when came he back came up at Freddie Brathwaite. Yeah, so Freddie Freddie was wearing 30. And Freddie was like, oh, my God, Vernie, here, take this number. Like, it's all you. Like, you've won a cup here with this number. You've been here 10 years, whatever it is, whatever it was. Like, it's all you. And Mike, he's like, nah, don't worry about it. That speaks to the humility you I talked spent, about. Eh? I, just spent, I just spent, like, four or five years wearing 29. I'll yeah. take 29. Don't worry about it. That's it. Oh, that's, cool. that's right. Cause he was 29 in San Jose, wasn't he? Yeah. And he then, was yeah. He was in San Jose and he was in Detroit. I don't remember yeah. when it was in Florida though. I think it was so, 30 actually, but 
Yeah, he was 29 in Detroit. You know, when your when your dad talks about his NHL career, does he talk about Calgary more or like because his his years in Detroit were pretty special years, I guess. Yeah, it's it's pretty even split. You know, I I'd probably say honestly a good amount about Detroit. Um but it also depends on what we ask. We don't I don't ask a ton about the Calgary days and you know it's easier to ask about the Detroit days because I like my mom was around for all of that. So usually she'll answer the stories just as much as him. Okay. Uh, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't dwell on the past too much. So he kind of just yeah, we don't even ask a ton. What does he say about the fight? Fuck, I <laughs> like that's just it's just a weird one, you know. Like, like he didn't even he didn't want to fight. Come on, he's five seven. Like yeah. Patrick was six three. You think he wanted to get involved in that? <laughs> yeah. He was up there just pulling guys off, and then he had to get involved in it. So they held him held like his own. Somebody, like somebody, somebody was. Like he wasn't gonna get involved, and then one of his players was getting kind of double teamed on the ground or whatever. I don't, I, I'm not exactly 100 percent sure. I always try to stay away from the fight stuff, uh, but he like just got in just to pull him away. And I think yeah. I think Patrick Wall was already throwing fists and shit in there. And oh, yeah, no, no doubt, Patrick's a yeah, uh, he was fiery guy at the worst times. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he sees my dad and just goes straight at him so crazy so yeah. and actually that's another thing that i think is kind of interesting because you talk about you know i'm going to tie this to both of you i guess you know you talk about your father and how well you think you do and advisory role or coaching role and, and any number of roles right but he's pretty successful in real estate if i'm not mistaken after his playing days ended right yeah he was for a bit um he's kind of out of it right now um yeah. you know i re- 08 was pretty tough. There's a couple couple tough things, but you know, that's also partially on my mom, honestly. Like I gotta give her credit. Like a lot of the success they had, you know, it started with using Mikey's money, but they'd made a bunch of money through flipping, buying houses, renovating and flipping them yep. when they'd move from team to team. Smart. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty it's pretty important to include my mom's role in that because she's she's an interior designer so oh very cool yeah yeah that's yeah that's where a lot of it came into play because because that's like that brad and i are both in the construction business like that's our Mm -hmm. good day job right and um it's uh when you talk about you know the importance of an education you know throughout your your hockey playing days regardless where your career goes i mean there's injuries there's everything else right you got you got to kind of have something else to fall back on and Mm -hmm. i think it's interesting that now having done all that and have all that experience that, you know, maybe now he's potentially thinking about another role in hockey or taking a role somewhere, hopefully, because obviously he, he knows a ton and it's somebody's yeah. going to benefit from that. Right. It's just, it's just such an easy day job for him. Like it, he wouldn't have to do that much. And, you know, he's a hall of famer. Like I'm sure he'd be wanted somewhere for a good, oh, you yeah. know, pay him pretty handsomely for a small amount of work. Yeah. So like okay. that's, it just makes sense. So, obviously, you know you're you're working to progress your career in the, playing in the East Coast Hockey League. What are your aspirations when your playing career ends someday? Do you, do you want to stay in the hockey, or do you got any long to long term goals? I have no idea. Essentially, you know, I've 
looked at a lot of things that I think could seem interesting, whether it's something involving real estate, um, you know, finance, maybe, you know, I, I just really am unsure, honestly. Um, I'll probably try and go into a few different types of jobs. You know, I can learn a bunch of different things. Um, investment banking also seems interesting to me. I've got a few friends that are involved in it. Like it's such a grind, but once you're through for, you know, you make so much money. And once you're, you know, 10 years down the line, you have so much financial freedom too. And things start to lighten up for you. So I think that could be something I'm looking at potentially. Um, yeah, I, I I, do know that I don't think I'd want to get into hockey stuff though. I got to do the same thing as my dad, pretty much just pull, pull right out of it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, like I, I do goalie coaching and stuff in the summers. Um, it's fine. You know, it pays pays well for the amount of work we do at that point, but, and it's easy to work around with the schedule, but I, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like there's already a lot of goalie coaches and stuff out there that do that stuff, especially in Calgary. So I just, you know, yeah, pretty much. I won't, I won't be coaching until I have kids that play. That's the way I see it. That and, and you know what, that may spark something inside of you too. Cause I know when my, when my son got, older and I, I coached him it 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 changes you know you, i was out of hockey for a long time and then all of a sudden it's like oh you know you get that you get to watch your son and it's it's a it's a lot of fun or, or even your daughter nowadays with the way it is yeah yeah with the you know the pwl starting to get some really good traction i've seen a few videos of the crowds they're bringing in too like yeah women's hockey has been making great strides it's great to see yeah but actually a bunch of the guys at work today were talking about it and i watched some highlights myself and it was it's it's damn good hockey. It really, really is, and, and just needs that exposure, right? Much like what you're saying with the ECHL. I mean, there's a ton of guys that, you know, it's it's pro hockey. There's a lot of guys with with deals there, a lot of prospects there. Like, you know, mm -hmm. just it just needs the exposure, right? Absolutely. Any other memories as you you know as you went through hockey, and, and I'm sure there was a lot of extra pressure on you having a father that played goalie. Um, did you feel that pressure or was it just, I don't care. I'm just playing hockey because I love it. Yeah. That's kind of where I got to, like, it took a few years for me to learn to love it, but I played cause I loved it. And you know, I, I always thought growing up, I'd get more kids giving me shit for like not being very good compared to my dad. But I, I swear I've only been chirped on it once in a game in my entire really? career. In like, I was like 17. <laughs> what league was that? In a midget double A. And okay, turned me on. I was like, I mean, no shit. Like, what are you talking about? This guy was using the WHL at our age. Like, I'm 17 years old. Obviously, it's <laughs> <laughs> good though that you took it that way. You know, oh just... yeah, yeah. I mean, we won. We beat him like four one. That game. <laughs> I think it was, oh, it was in playoffs too. Oh, even better. Love it. Yeah. And where's where's that guy now? Does anybody know? No, I, I never really cared <laughs> enough. Like, I I I I mean I doubt that he went very far. None of us yeah. really did. Like I don't I we actually won provincials that year in midget double A. I play against funny enough, I play against one of those kids right now. One of the guys, his name's Colton Young, he was on my team in uh 
midget double a and he's with greenville they're okay. like probably i think they're the best team in the league right now points wise like they've lost they are four games in, out of 30 33 like they're, they're 21 team. 9 and 1 i just pulled yeah. it up good team they must have lost a few in a row i think they i swear they went into christmas with four losses it was outrageous wow, wow. Yeah, they're such a good team right now so you know they're not and they're not even the hottest team in our division Jeez. Orlando, who we just played and lost six three two, so they're the hottest team, huh? Yeah, yeah they're, eight, the they're eight two and zero oh in their last ten. Yeah, Green. Green. four five and one. So four five and one. Yeah, a little bit of a skid since Christmas, huh? Yeah, I know it's no, it's crazy how things work in this league though. Like Atlanta started off the year eight zero, oh, and they're like they're way down. I, I was looking at them earlier. Yeah, big time. Yeah, they're. Third, they've only won eleven games. Yeah, they've won three out of the last like twenty. It's I, I don't understand how it happens, but it, that's just pro hockey for you. Yeah, crazy, like, crazy. And they like they lost a few guys when they started their skid, but the rest of their team came back. Like, they're pretty much all there now. Still can't pull the nose up. Wow. Yeah, it's brutal. Crazy. When you look back at your career, like what do you? What, what's your greatest memory? It's got to be probably winning the. Winning the Robertson Cup for sure, you know that's just so special. That was such a tight group of guys. Like our our group chat from that team was firing off the other day. Really? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. How did that? How did that playoff run go? Remind me. I, I, your first round was against. Was it Austin? I. I believe. I think, so. I think so. It was. Because Bismarck was brutal that year, so they didn't make they playoffs. Make the playoffs. Neither did Minnesota. Neither, neither did the Wilderness. And I think it was. So I was think that, we were Austin. Who do you remember who Minot would have played? First round. It was. I was thinking it was. It was either Austin or Minot. Yeah, but you guys. Minot, no, Minot was in the, to to win the division. Yeah, I thought we were the. Yeah, I thought I thought it was you. I don't. Did we? I don't even remember who we played first round that year. I don't, I don't yeah. know, but I think it, I think you played Minot for the for the for division the, yeah. championship. We did, we did. Who did you play in the Robertson Cup championship? Started off with Amarillo. They beat us in the first game in the best three series. They were up one, and we were down two nothing going into the second period. Yep, and brought it back. Captain scored in overtime. And we shut him out the next night, three nothing. Just yeah, started playing unbelievable. And then, and then in the championship, it was Fairbanks. We've been two one and uh, yeah. and Fairbanks had won the year before. They had won the yeah. Rockets the year before. Yeah, they were they, honestly, they were kind of putting a whooping on us. Like shots were were like 32, 33 to I don't know. I think we had eighteen. Yeah, they were they were an unbelievable team. They're big and fast. Oh, what an impressive run for you and Neth, though. Yeah. I, believe, I mean, you played the whole way through, and uh, yeah, it was it was crazy. crazy. Yeah, I, had, I had what fifty-two regular season, and then fifteen games in playoffs. Uh, yeah. I played like sixty-five games. Yeah. yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Holy cow! That's a that's a. That was a big year. No wonder you're rubbing your eyes just thinking about it, eh? <laughs> yeah. 934 save percentage. Wow. 
Yeah, that was a good team, man. That was an unbelievable team. We went on a twenty, like a nineteen game win streak in the yep. middle. Of that. I remember that. Holy lord! In, and how many guys committed Division One from that roster? Was it up? It was like fifteen or so, didn't it? Didn't. Yeah, so I think we by the end of the year we had fourteen, but then there was like three or four guys from that roster that committed within the next year or two. Yeah, so, you guys were yeah. really, really good team. Yeah, it was solid. Yeah, it's unreal. Wow. Well, Matt, I appreciate you joining us here today, and uh, it's always good talking hockey and learning a little bit about how it was to be a, a you know a goalie following in his in his father's footsteps. And and we really appreciate you joining the show. Yeah, That's been awesome. Five. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Flames Unfiltered, a special edition where we sat down with Matt Vernon. Great conversation. Kyle and I sure enjoyed it. We hope you did too. You can get check out Flames Unfiltered every single week. Kyle and I are here talking Flames hockey every week. Check us out on all the major podcast players and YouTube. Till next week, Flames fans, we'll see ya. Thanks for listening to Flames Unfiltered with Brad Burud and Kyle Lewis. Your source for unfiltered Calgary Flames hockey talk. Keep it locked on flamesunfiltered.ca. Subscribe where you get all your podcasts to never miss an episode. Flames Hockey Talk every week presented by Inside Edge Hockey Media Group.